Well, I was listening to the Schalke America podcast in the lead-up to this game, the lead English-language podcast for Schalke fans out there. And they were certainly calling for Chernilov to be considered for the right-wing role. Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Shark America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Welcome back to Shark America. Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Uh, fantastic. No, no victory Monday to kick things off. Unfortunately, that was my, uh, you know, perhaps foolish, but uh, vibe <laughs> forward prediction on the last podcast and uh, didn't get, didn't go that way, which probably shouldn't be a surprise, but uh, looking yeah. forward to getting into this one. Yeah, uh, but there is some breaking news that we just found out about Joseph Glugauf. Um, as we're coming on the air, Jack is telling me some things. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Uh, Jack, why don't you go ahead and tell me what you told me so that everyone else can uh, catch up to speed about where we're at. Well, we had to kind of double check because apparently there's been no like official tweets from Schalke on this that I've seen, which is kind of odd, I feel like. But anyway, um, supposedly it seems like the Darko Cherlinoff thing, which long been rumored, um, is, is finally uh, official. Um, what I've been hearing is we have him on a loan basically through the end of uh, this season, you know, some point in June, like a six month loan with then an option to buy him for um, probably less than three million. Uh, I think somewhere in that territory. So if that ends up being the case, personally, I'm a big fan of it. Um, sounds like he might, you know, not be match fit at the moment, obviously, and yeah. some question marks there. But um, assuming we can kind of get him up to speed over the next couple of weeks, I think there's, you know, every possibility that, um, you know, for a majority of the the home stretch here, he ends up being a a decent contributor. It's a he. he would occupy an area on the pitch where we certainly seem to be lacking quite a bit of initiative at the moment. Yeah, and so you heard that right. Uh, Darko Cherlinov is a Schalke player. Uh, my biggest, not that I don't like Darko, I love Darko Cherlinov, and I'm happy that he's with us. Uh, my biggest thing in the whole deal was, as long as we don't break an arm and a leg financially to get him here, then I'm fine with it, because I, I, I absolutely love the player. If we spent $4 million to buy him, then I'm like, what? we don't have that money. Why are we spending on him? Uh, but, if, you know, according to Jack, what Jack saw and uh, what, what the resources are that we're seeing is saying that, it's a loan with an option to buy, which is perfect because I think, you know, hey, if we get promoted, maybe we can afford him then. Uh, if we don't get promoted, we don't, we're not tied down to him and money that we can't afford. So that's excellent news. Uh, looking over to Andreas Ernst, uh, some more comments on him. He, he said that he, he talked to uh, Mark Vilmots, obviously new sporting director, Schalke legend. Uh, and Vilmots is quoted as saying, uh, of course, the main thing was pending medical tests, right? And so during the medical test, this is... This is Vilmot saying, uh, during the medical test, we saw that Darko is 85% fit. Uh, he still lacks match practice, but we hope that he can train on Tuesday. So for all intensive purposes, it says he's on our team. Sorry, Eric, he cannot play central defense. I don't think we anybody on the team can play central defense at the moment. But It's a fair question after this, this, this performance, but yeah. It is, it is. But Darko Chilinoff is there, so at least we got a little bit of brightness uh, to the dark weekend that it was, in a, in a, in a sense. Uh, but, yeah, let's get over to uh, the game that we're going to talk about. I guess we're going to have to, right? 2-0 uh, win for Hamburg against Schalke. 
Uh, we were at home, obviously had a okay, you know, winter pause where we're trying to work on some things, cohesion with the team, some team bonding, and then, you know, work on some offensive plays. Uh, we mentioned this last week on the on the mid-season review, how I, I appreciated everything Carl Gerrards had said, except for the fact that he said our defense is sound and it's, and it's, it's, it's a strength of ours. I'm like, what? Um, so let's get into that strength of ours. Uh, look at the starting lineup. Ralph Fairman in goal with Bruner, Kalash, Kaminsky, and Oweon in the back. Uh, it's It was like a 4-1-3-2, three, three, or I don't know how you want to label it. Uh, Seguin, Idrizi, Moore, and Karaman in the middle with Taroda and Top. Um, thoughts on starting lineup? Fairly fairly standard uh, going into this match. <clears throat> yeah, kind of like a 4-4-2 against the ball. And yeah, I mean, maybe slightly different in possession at times. Um, personally love to see the partnership of, of Top and Tarada, uh up top. Uh, I... I I don't know. I just think just something about that appeals to the emotional Schalke mm-hmm. fan. I mean, you know, the old guard and the young guard coming through. Um, Karaman, uh, I thought one of his worst performances recently, particularly in the first half, I thought he was very poor. That's not, uh, I'm going to be saying that a lot for probably several people here. Um, Idrizi and Moore and, and Seguin, I mean, look, I think based on recent performances before the winter break, um, Adrizi kind of making his way back into the lineup, Seguin kind of on a heater to be as more resurrecting himself a little bit. I think you could take a look at that midfield in terms of form um, and in terms of, I think, a little bit of spark in possession and, and be quite pleased with it. I think what we saw from this, unfortunately, in this game is that it just lacked quite a bit of tooth, I guess you could say. I mean, I mean, it was a little bit like uh, offensive heavy, but also wasn't effective in that vein. Um Really poor performances, I think, unfortunately, from Adrizi. Uh, Seguin in the first half as well, at least. Uh, and and Tobias Moore was was okay, but, you know, it's, I don't know. Um, and then back line, that's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's essentially kind of our optimum back line at the moment. Um, by our optimum, you mean Gerard's optimum. <laughs> but, yes, I guess it would be our optimum. I mean, our default, yeah, by, by far, it's the best one. changes would you make? <sighs> Honestly, the only one I would make was... Oyan for Merkin, but Merkin, I mean, Oyan's been playing well. At least in this game, he kind of played well. Um, so maybe it's now after the game, I would probably say Kaminsky for Merkin. Um, but uh, so that's an interesting question. So, I mean, Merkin can play center back. We kind of view him more as like a left back that's been having to move into that center back role. Are you so disappointed with the play at the moment that you would actually put Merkin into one of those center back positions in front of kind of, you know, a, a, you know, uh, ostensibly an actual center back? I am I'm curious if Baumgartel has improved at all. I would want to see how he fares first before I do throw Merkin in there. I think Kaminsky is declining in front of our eyes throughout the season. He's getting worse and worse every game. This is another atrocious game for me. I'm curious your thoughts as, the game, as we talk about the game, but this is one of his worst performances of the season, and I think I'm growing tired of Kaminsky, and I'm ready to see a change there. Kalash, I think, was in fine. Bruner's been fine. Oyan was fine today and this weekend, I mean. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did, but just from a pure, you know, glancing at the XI, I didn't hate it pregame. Yeah. So, no, no, me, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, that. Of course, we always look at the opponents, and obviously, Hamburg is a dangerous opponent, uh, always in, towards the top of the table every season for the last six years in the Svaita Liga. Um, uh, Hoyer Fernandez and goal, good goalkeeper there. Uh, some good players in the defense there with Hire, Ambrosius, Ramos, and Van der Brempt in the midfield. You had uh, Benish is very good, Meffert and Farai, all three of them are very good. Uh, Dompa and Yata, very good on the wings with Glatzel, best striker in the league. 
I was obviously we we talk about this almost every game in and game out. Like you take away the the biggest threat for the opposition, the biggest threat in the league is is Glotzel. Um, I think we did a good job of taking him away in this game. Unfortunately, we focused so much on him. It seemed like that everybody else we left alone uh, to do whatever the hell they wanted. Dompa had a field day, but you know, going to this match, I think for me, Glotzel, Benish, and Farai were the key guys for me. Glotzel being the head of all that. Uh, anyone else in this lineup that was really worrying you uh, heading to this game? No, I mean, I definitely agree with your kind of your pre-match sentiment. Um, I, I agree as well that this, I think we did a relatively good job on Glotzel on this one. Definitely wasn't a Glotzel game, so to speak. Even so, um, despite him not really making the impact compared to some other guys, uh, still had a couple moments in the game where he was like on the ball or whatever, where it just different different level just just i mean like could, could be playing in a higher division at the moment i feel like i mean really really impressive player um dompa who you shouted out I, I thought he was able to get a yard of space to fire a ball in against bruner whenever he wanted it yeah like yeah. whenever they got into one-on-ones he would just kind of mess around for a second and then suddenly look like he, a bobby he, he playing had, against anybody you're just like i'll do what i want against you <laughs> yeah it was it was unfortunate that was that was a really tough match for bruno out there um ben age obviously we know about and and you know played well in this one as well uh yada had some moments occasionally and, and yeah. farai I, I didn't think was like i don't know overall i wasn't like like super impressed with him in this game compared but he still had like he has these like, moments of quality i don't know there's just when i was looking at the hamburg squad in this game it, it just the uh in my opinion, the talent deficit between the squads was just very noticeable. Yeah. Um, they, they have competency in like a lot of their positions and just a little bit more urgency, pace, constantly tempo. Um, a lot of things that I would like to see from us um, that we didn't get until maybe a little bit more in the second half. Like Templeman helped with that a little bit to some extent. And we can talk about that as we go through it. Yeah, yeah I agree about that. Uh, real quick, Eric says, what's going on with CSA? Cissé is obviously someone, a guy that many of us uh, have been watching, not only the Kanap and Shemina, but also Schalke at the start. You know, there's a, this guy who has raw talent, and Carl uh, Gerarts has been quoted as saying that he he appreciates the physicality and the and the skill set that Cissé has, maturity wise and on the field, on the field, I guess smartness or whatever you want to call it. Um, is not there yet. He doesn't feel comfortable at a position yet where he can trust him to be out there during a game. He says he's getting there. He's still missing some pieces, and once he gets there, he'll be in the mix. But for the time being, he doesn't He doesn't think he is ready to be a starter material under guards, at least. And it's kind of what we were... We, we, we kind of figured that was the case, especially you know, with Kaminsky, now college coming in, kind of set in his place at a time uh, Baumgartel was doing fairly well as, you know, at the early uh, start of the season. So uh, not surprising. I mean, eventually we would like to see what Cissé can do, uh, especially if, you know, some of the defenders don't hold their weight back there and Baumgartel doesn't improve and, you know, if Merck is not an option, I don't know. So uh, we shouldn't give up on the kid. I think that's that's the main thing. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up just because, um, and once again, I don't know if this is verified either. I, I get my news from a variety of sources and I don't always, like, vet it as closely <laughs> as I should, um, particularly when I'm busy with other stuff. But anyway, um. So obviously the plan was to loan Cisse out initially was try to find somewhere else we could you know send him off to get some playing time. Yeah. Um, those loan moves, such as they were, seem to have disintegrated and fallen apart. So I don't know if this is a hey we we don't have the solution we thought we were going to have for him. So now we just have to kind of like try to figure this out, or if it's literally that you know Wilmot's actually sees something in him and says hey this is an underutilized or an untapped resource and maybe I can be the guy to kind of make him my personal pet project. 
and get him to a spot where he could be contributing in the squad this season. But I saw something earlier today that suggested that like Wilmots has had a conversation with him and has basically said like, Hey, like I believe that you can reintegrate yourself and like, we're going to come up with a training plan for you specifically to try to like make your way into the, uh, you know, back into like the senior team and the actual picture. So, um, I don't know if that's the case or not and what the motivations behind that are. Like I said, it literally just could be like, oh, whatever loan moves we have didn't work out. So like now we're going to go back to him and be like, hey, just kidding. We actually believe in you. But like, gotcha. Yeah. Or or maybe it's, you know, they're looking at the defensive performances at the moment and saying, yeah. like, this kid's got, you know, some qualities. We have to find a way to, you know, make it click for him. So we'll see. Yeah. And I think also, you know, for me, like if you couldn't loan him out, Put him in the Kanapinshvita and start him there. At least get him some minutes. You're going to go, going to get better is on the pitch and just sitting there on the bench watching other people play is not necessarily going to boost your confidence or get you better. So just put him in the Kanapinshvita, assuming he's would be starting in there, and get him that match fitness and match practice. And so let him build that confidence up, which I assuming they're kind of doing with Kazuki, which we've seen him play a little bit more U23s lately than, than, than the first team. So... Um, that would be my take. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see how this pans out with CC, but he's no doubt about it. he has talent. He's got to hone that in, let him mature a little bit on the pitch and stuff like that. So uh, to be determined, I guess, but uh, how that goes. But uh, in terms of the game, um, yeah, I lost 2 nothing. but I thought to me, and I'm curious, I thought, I, I thought the, at least the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought it was a great start to the game. Minus the, you know, the goal scoring, I think, the, the final third was lacking. We did so well moving the ball up. We looked very attacking heavy, as you, as you mentioned uh, earlier. Um, I thought, yeah, there was some great one-touch passing and movement and looking for, looking for plays. It's just that last pass or last shot was lacking, I thought, in the first 10, 15 minutes. And it wasn't until... The protest, which we'll get to, that's kind of changed the momentum of the game for me. But how did you feel the first quarter hour of the game was going? Uh, yeah, for, first 10 minutes in particular, I was actually thrilled with how we were looking. I thought we were very much in that game. I think a lot of the first 10 minutes was played in and around the Hamburg final third. Yeah. Um, uh, some set pieces and some corners that we won, like a lot of consistent pressure. Um, unafraid to just get some shots off. Uh, and, you know, obviously, like when you look at sort of like the XG – numbers from this game relatively even but Hamburg doing it through significantly fewer shots you can see just kind of like you know wildly ineffective like barrage from us in this game to some extent but I don't mind that in general sometimes I think sometimes we're a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger but anyway um and yeah you know honestly I think in this game to some extent we got unlucky on the offensive end even though we weren't necessarily um always super coherent in build up um we had some shots off the post and some other things that easily could have gone away with some good, good delivery. So yeah, first 10 minutes I thought was, was excellent. And then unfortunately, for whatever reason, you mentioned the protest that kind of happened for a bit, which kind of like stopped the game for a minute. Um, we just fell out of sync in possession Yeah, real quick. Uh, stuff started, stopped being on the ground, started going for those mid range, little like chip aerial passes, which are very difficult to control and always feel like is a sign that things aren't going well. We're having to try to like ship stuff around people because we can't get, people open through like you know the normal passing lanes um and uh yeah at that point i think i also think we got we kind of backed off a little bit but not that we were starting the game super aggressive defensively but um for most of the rest of the the first half i thought we were very reactive defensively and hamburg was very patient with that and um just kind of ate i don't know ate it up for a bit so i, I was i was not super thrilled after the first 10 minutes yeah, no, I mean, we got a lot of shots off. I think most of our shots felt, came in, felt like they came in the first 10 minutes. So we did have some uh, stretches here and there in the, in the end of the first half. But, I mean, eight shots to four, we were like, we were taking it to them, and it was it was good to see there. And then the protests happened, which I get the protests. Why, I mean, 
every team was going out there saying like if you're not supporting us if you're not gonna be at the game this weekend protest uh and it's about the adf and the, the neo-nazis in the far right in germany you know trying to do some awful shit uh and so the, i understand the protest it seemed like the protests were all coming from the hamburg fans which was timely in their part because their team was playing like ass they do the protest which you know i understand the protest and then ever since then hamburg kind of took over that game it was like the 11th and 19th minute uh so within the 20th minute um the first 20 minutes of the game you said you know a couple of protests there uh it was the tennis balls which in our discord we were first laughing like what the hell is these tennis balls when we realized oh yeah it's the protest going on um but that i think significantly changed the momentum of the game uh for me because that's what like you said we kind of like let it off we let off the our foot off the gas hamburg started taking it to us and then um we get to this first goal. The first goal, Farai ends up scoring. Again, we talked about how the wing play, Bruno was getting was getting beat. I think uh, there's a nice play where Hamburg kind of opened up Yada. Uh, so he got a veil. I think it was, was it Yada? No, it was Vanderbremt. Vanderbremt uh, got down wide, let off a cross in the middle. Two guys in the middle with Kaminsky and, um, or I guess Kalash, it doesn't matter. Two guys were in the box, pretty much wide open. Farai gets in the end of it, puts a header. Put us in the ground past past the keeper. Nothing Fairman could do about it, honestly. Uh, but a wide open goal for for I to score that one nothing. It seemed completely against the play too, because up to that point we were for most part the dominant team. Uh, and then protests happened, and then they kind of just hit us with a sucker punch. I thought. What were your thoughts on on the goal and possible person or persons to blame on that play? What did you see? Yeah, it's just not good enough. You can't you can't defend like that and expect to schoolboy make much progress up the table um you know so tobias moore had had just jumped out to challenge the ball on i think on vanderbrempt like a, a couple seconds before and then sort of drifted a little bit in and when the ball came out again like wasn't in the same kind of position it just kind of got beat down the sideline where a minute ago he was closing that off so i mean i'm not blaming that goal mostly on tobias moore at all but like had a better position seconds before that ended up happening and, and then didn't kind of repeat the same action. But then anyway, um, yeah, uh, the run is coming sort of more in the cent- central part of the field. And, and Bruner, I play, I blame this goal almost entirely on Bruner um, okay. because he is he's concerned about Dompe off his shoulder in behind. But Dompe is like fairly far away from him. And meanwhile, Bruner is the only person that like has eyes on the runner because he's Everyone else is like, you know, it's his back to him. Yeah. So Bruner's the guy that can actually see what's happening, sees that he's unmarked, and just chooses to not chase him because he believes it should be somebody else's responsibility and he has to <laughs> mark Dompe, who's not even a threat. So for me, that was just very poorly read by Bruner. It was either like he didn't see it somehow or just was like, that's technically not my responsibility for some reason, even though in that moment it kind of has to be. So to me, I thought that was, yeah, a really, really bad defensive moment for Bruno. It's an unmarked header in the box. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. He had so much space. So I saw it I saw it slightly different, though I don't disagree with the comment of Bruner. So uh, for me, what I saw was obviously, uh, was I think it was gave the ball away to Hamburg. Um, and what I saw was Kaminsky unnecessarily pinching way too high, where maybe should have been Seguin dropped further back. Uh, but Kaminsky's way too high. When the ball goes over to Yata, he is way out of position. He's playing catch-up at this point. Kalash has got two guys he's got to mark. He goes for, um, who does he go for? I think it was Glatzel he was mar- marking or somebody. I forget who it was. I'm pretty sure it was Glatzel. And um, or maybe it was I think Yata. it was Yada. Which Yada. It was Yada. It wasn't. It wasn't clear that the cross wasn't going for Yada anyway. Correct. So, yeah, I think Correct. He, yeah. I, I I agree with your point on Kaminsky. That's fair. I also think Idrisi could have 
Yeah, sort of a bit more effort tracking back because he was just kind of jogging that entire play, and he should be, you know, trying to lock that down. But agreed, it's schoolboy defending all the way around. Um, it shouldn't have happened regardless, and yeah. one nothing down, kick to the stomach at that point, and um, obviously not a something that we want to see in the game. I guess especially a team like Hamburg to go down so so early in the game, but obviously there's plenty of time left to go. How would we react? I thought we did okay to slowly get back into the game. Uh, what we saw is we got a uh, Thomas Oyon who had a, a pretty decent game. Um, I know a lot of the guys in the chat. Uh, I don't know if you were included as well, but uh, were really thought Oyon played you know really really good in this game. Um, we get a free kick opportunity. What the 33rd minute? Uh, Thomas Oyon hits a crossbar, wonderfully struck shot. This hits off the crossbar, misses. But as the football cuts go. You miss a one end, it comes back and bites you in the other end. And in the 35th, or just a couple minutes later, um, another Kaminsky turnover. Uh, poor marking led to their second goal. This time, Dompe on the left hand side, abusing Bruner. Swings into the middle, and that's where Dompe, or um, excuse me, uh, who got that goal? It was um, Benish, right? Is it Benish who got it? I think. All right, so 2 nothing there, 36 minutes. Terrible mark defending again. It just, uh, the one strong spot, according to Gerards, is just letting us down week after week and especially in this game just two plays where we were for the most part in control of this game let up two poor goals with completely wide open players yeah i i i felt like both Kalis and kaminsky both mishandled the ball on that second goal or played it like like kaminsky missed it went to college college misplayed it went back out to dompe or whatever and then I'm not. I'm not sure he isn't trying to play that ball to Glotzel. Yeah. Maybe it was intentional the way he played it, but it, it almost kind of looked like he was playing it to Glotzel. But it's behind him. Glotzel fell over, and I think the defenders were expecting it to go to Glotzel yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, like, once again, in the confusion of him falling over and it being behind him, there's this extra pocket of space for Benish to run into, and he just. I mean, he's in way too much space, and hit, you know, gets a nice shot off credit to him um, yeah. for taking advantage. And he's, you know, he's been playing well, but like. That yeah, that one's just kind of a weird broken play, but you know, sloppy play from defend defenders, and you know we get punished again. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree that. Um, but I don't know. Not that we played well in the first half at all, because I don't think we did. But right. um, both goals were definitely substandard in terms of you know it, it's not necessarily so much. Oh, this is a great play from Hamburg, which is which is a superior team. There's just there's just issues that are a little bit too glaring on both those goals for me to be like okay with us conceding the way we did. It's the same shit we say every week: is don't let the opponent beat you. Don't beat don't let the, don't, don't beat yourself so the opponent can score. You know, Hamburg can score per, no problem without our help, and we're you know two goals there left them wide open. I did see that when I saw when Glotzel had gone down, and I'm like, did Kalash fucking push him down? What the fuck happened here? But no, he just he fell because the ball was behind him or whatever, and trying to go after it. But uh, yeah, two nothing at that point. I'm like shit, here we go. Uh, go to halftime that score like I think all of us were thinking like geez here we go again is this like are we gonna get anything in this game like we started out so well and just kind of tapered off as a, as a half went on uh, come out the gates really well I thought uh, Toroda I think Oyan set him up with the pass over the over the top Toroda had a half chance volley there in the what, 47th minute but he kind of skies it there it's like come on dude you, you got to put it on net make, make Fernandez save it um Again, I thought all game long the referee was very poor. I know we had a lot of yellow cards. Yeah, Spenjablonski, not a fan of that guy in general. I thought yeah. he was just—he was letting way too much go. 
in my opinion. So there, there's just a lot of contact out there that, that, that should have been not saying yellow. Especially card, for Hamburg. But, but like, we got a lot of yellows. Yeah. We got a lot of yellows in this game. We, we did get a lot of yellows in this game. But like, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that should have been called at various points where there's, in my opinion, pretty clear fouls or fouls that a lot of other refs would give. Not once again, not cards, but fouls. And he just was letting stuff happen. So yeah. it was it was to the point where it was confusing the players. And yes. I mean, I, under, I understand it's like you have to play until the whistle blows. And that's just the mindset that you should be in constantly when you're on the pitch but there were some ones that were like so glaring that like s- multiple players are just expecting there to be a stoppage or a whistle and multiple and like, players they're, they're just kind of like looking at the ref and the ref's like here we go um so i, I don't know what the deal was with that but um yeah, yeah. yablonski not a good performance from him in my opinion yeah no it wasn't at all um we had um well, Hamburg got a really great opportunity at 55th minute or 50 54th 55th minute Really poor defending again, and it was, I think it was, I want to say it was Yada, or I forget who it was, just, just doing whatever, Hamburg's doing whatever the hell they want to do. They finally get a shot off after the play going around, Fairman was out of position. I think it was Kalash who makes a goal line clearance, kind of, mm. you know, save the game at that point. It could have been really bad if it was 3 nothing there. I do think uh, it was Yada that was dribbling initially before he played it, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, right. we just looking so bad. I don't know if it was against uh, Oyan or Kaminsky or who the hell was defending against him. It didn't really matter. He was just doing what he wanted, and then they got the ball in the box. Like, shit, what's going to happen? It just looked like pinball wizard for us defensively, and luckily Kalash had the heads up and got to the goal line and cleared it away there. Uh, and then we get an opportunity you know, a few minutes later, what, 61st or so, Schallenberg had a great opportunity again, as Tarota did, and shoots a, had, a, had a bad miss, man. He didn't put it on target. It was wide open right in front of the net. I mean, he was, you know, at top of the box, but still, you get that shot on net, force the goalkeeper to make a save. Don't just shoot it wide like he did. Um, and, and Schallenberg only on the pitch because they yanked Idrizi at halftime. Yeah. Um, which, which honestly, like... And you mentioned, bad game. Yeah, yeah, as much as we were... You know, talking up on the uh, you know the half the halfway pod uh, last week, how excited we were that you know Gorats is talking him up and that he had this kind of reemergence, like legitimately bad half from him, and he deserved to be yeah. yanked. I think so. Yeah. Uh, disappointing. And then of course the solution to get yourself some great is Schallenberg, of all people, <laughs> who I don't love. I, I think he was okay actually yeah, when he, he came on. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't terrible, but like yeah, just if that's the solution you're reaching to, I think that just speaks to the trouble we're in in general right now from a personnel yeah. standpoint. So yeah. And I think it was a good like five minute stretch that we had because I think a few minutes later uh, we got into the box again. I thought uh, Top and several other guys were doing well to kind of create chances. However, every freaking shot hit somebody, whether it's our player or their player. Um, one play, I think Oyan hit Toroto right right before that right before that that little um, uh, brief uh, firing shot squad, whatever you want to call it, that was going on. There was like four or five shots in there. Every shot hit the hit the defender or our own team. Um, Oyan again, he had a nice – the two best shots of the game were – oh, Thomas Oyan for Schalke. Hit the crossbar earlier off the free kick, and then in the 74th minute, he comes down and gets a screamer off a shot off the post, far post, um, kind of with the outside of his foot and kind of curved back in. Uh, Fernandez had no chance of that. That's about as close as we came in the game, Jack. Um, thoughts overall on the game, and where, how do you feel about – obviously, it's Hamburg, but another loss. The best moment for Karamon in the entire game, in my opinion, was almost could I, I would actually would like to go back and see a replay of this because I don't know if he was flopping or if it maybe could have been a penalty that wasn't called. But there was a cross that came in late in the game, like to him, and his first touch as the ball's coming down is to just meg the defender. So he beautiful. Ju- he jumps around the back of him. It was really, really clever play and really nicely yes. controlled. Like great bit of skill. And then he, he gets kind of taken down. Like I said, I couldn't tell if he went down too easily or what the deal was. If there's another like Yablonski just being like, no, nah, I'm not gonna call that. 
So I saw that. I had to watch this multiple times because I'm thinking, first of all, beautiful play. I wanted to see that play again. Uh, Van der Bremt does make contact with them. Would it have been a soft penalty? Probably. But you got to look at that. They didn't even, I mean, I don't know that VR didn't check it you know, while the game was going on, but like you got to check that. That's, I mean, to me, it was contact. We've had that call against us many times. I, like, so, like, <laughs> call it, make it a game, and see what happens in the rest of the game. But, like, that, that was a great play by Karaman that uh, he, he probably did go down too fa- too easily, and that's probably why Jablonski was like, I'm not even going to bother with this, you know, whatever. So I can only hope that, you know, VAR checked it. But, yeah, you never know. We've seen in the Bundesliga where they've had questionable things with when it comes to VAR. So, um, yeah, I, I, know, I know the play exactly what you're talking about. Uh, that was... That was his best play other than, uh, you know, I wish he would have substituted it out, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, so what I would say is overall disappointing result. Um, I think on the whole probably a disappointing performance as well, given, um, you know, end of the season decently well. A lot of positive talk coming out of, you know, the Portugal training camp and whatnot, which yeah. we didn't expect you're going to spend. You know, but, you know, like vibes are good, things are optimistic, and then, you know, first game of the season is – you know, one of the, one of the league leaders, one of the teams, once again, with, you know, a really good squad and, and some pedigree. Yeah. And they come in and they just outclass us again. And it kind of brings us right back down to reality in terms of like, yeah, the squad isn't there. And like, not that we can't, you know, get safety this year or anything like that. Like we're fine for the moment. Like I'm still not worried about us, like avoiding relegation at this point. I think we'll be okay in the second half of the season. Hopefully that's not famous last words, something like that. But like, <laughs> yeah, just in terms of like any optimism about us making like a real run to like not not to get promotion, but to like get into the top half of the table at some point by the end of the season. Yeah. Like just that game was just really frustrating. It kind of shows you how much work there is to do. Um, thoughts, real quick, from you. I would be interested to hear your opinions on top. Actually, considering that we saw you know a, a pretty long performance from him today. Um, at times I thought he did well. I thought his his work rate or eth- uh, work ethic was was good because a couple a couple plays, especially late in the game where you think you'd be tired, he was fighting tooth and nail for that loose balls and like in the corner. So like so, I like that. But I think he squandered a lot of plays too. And kind of it was wasteful at times. I do like the combination between him and Taroda. I think Taroda's done better with top in the lineup. Whether it's just youthful exuberance by you know trying to play with it with a younger guy like you and me on the podcast trying to you know keep up with you um, or what I don't know what it is, but I think Taroda's fed off that energy from kiki top well, i think and part I, of it too is we always look at toronto and his size and we're like oh hold up play yeah and it, it's not that he can't do that it's just that it's like he's not as good as that as you would think he would be i think that's actually one of top's strengths like is yeah. probably his primary strength is, is his ability to do those kind of things he it is difficult to get that guy off the ball like he's tough to move he's tough yeah. to affect physically he is a solidly built like tree trunk of a young kid yeah and like and and He's actually pretty. He's actually pretty silky in possession too. Like he doesn't play when he's in possession. He doesn't play with brute force. He's actually kind of like fluid yeah. with it. Not very fast, obviously, but um, yeah, had, had some has some moments where he kind of surprises you with with his the tidiness of his feet and whatnot. And I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um, so at the moment, I'm I'm, I'm still okay with him being in, in in the lineup at least. Certainly in terms of cameos, and if he wants to start, I'm fine with that too. Um, I, I think. I don't know. I think it's it's difficult for anybody to really kind of put a claim on the position until they're scoring consistently. Um, but we'll see. But yeah. Um, and then my other question for you was, you know, what did what did you think about any of the subs um, when they came on? Whether or not that had kind of an impact. Um, I thought the second half was better overall, but yeah, no, I thought I thought Lasma had a good cameo. I thought uh, his pace into a slower, tired uh, Hamburg defense 
was showing where like every time they went for the ball off the top, he was clearly beating the guy off the ball. Had a nice cheeky pass back heel to Bruner who got fouled that led to a free kick. Uh, so I thought he was good. Um, Templeman was okay. Schallenberg was okay. I mean, Templeman was good defensively though. I thought his energy. He was closing stuff down with a yeah. lot more like energy than anyone else was. I think most of the game. And I think those two players in particular, they are good at the, you know, Templeman has done well when he played with full 90, you know, in the past, but I think his energy off the bench is needed at times yeah, uh, that's fair. for both when we're winning the game or losing. And then last minute with the, with the pace to kind of stretch defenses out. And uh, I think it's needed. And I think last minute, not so much from the starting 11 anymore until he can get his confidence back. But he has a pace. He obviously has a skill set, and so get him involved. I wish I would saw more from him, obviously, but he was certainly testing the the Hamburg back defense, you know, in the second half once he came in. And um, yeah, no, I think those those two in particular that kind of stood out to me. And you know, obviously Nicholas Horst Castell uh, got into the game as well uh, with Kabadai, who you know back from injury. So something else to keep an eye on too. Another random kind of comment. Sorry, just things that are occurring Please. to me. Um, and I don't have stats. I'd have to look to see if there are stats on this. I can't back this up. It seems sort of just watching the game, the impression I got, whether this is right or wrong, was that we were bypassing a lot of buildup from the back and definitely going long with Fairman pretty consistently. Yeah. And this was a pretty poor performance from Fairman in terms of distribution. And we know that's always been one of the weaker aspects of his game, certainly yeah. not a strength of his. But there are plenty of games where it is not – I think exposed nearly much, as much as it was. And I thought that was kind of an issue. So, um, you know, one thing as we talk about Marius Miller quietly getting back to fitness in the background is if for some reason Gerards wants us to play that way and Fairman's distribution continues to be subpar, is that another, you know, check in, in Miller's favor to potentially make a switch at some point? Just a small thing to mention. I think so. And I think you can see the way he lines up his team. I mean, he's. Fairman was pushing up like crazy. Obviously, we're trying to get back in the game, but we've seen this before under Gerrards where the goalkeeper would come out and try to be involved more in the play. And um, from what I, from what I remember seeing with uh, USG as uh, Gerrards' previous club, is goalkeeper is involved. And so eventually, you know, if Fairman continues to be poor, you know, distributing the ball, I can certainly see that being a, a factor in Gerrards' decision, especially if Mueller's doing well in practice and doing the things that Gerrard wants to see. The team is only going to be better offensively and defensively if if you have a mobile goalkeeper who can play with his feet, get you out of jams, and obviously make the key saves. Fairman's making the key saves. It's just that, you know, with the feet, there was a, there was a play in the game where I think it was Kaminsky or, or Oweyan kind of got in a pinch with defenders pressing on him, fed it to Fairman kind of in the wrong area, and Fairman was like, oh, and I was like, oh, what's going to happen here? But he he did clear it away. Um, but things like that will, you know, give a give a – coach you know heart attack you know if he sees it too often as it does with the fans so yeah i wouldn't be surprised with that i honestly wouldn't though so um you you see these stats at the end of the game and you you think you know now collecting the result the score you're like man 26 to 8 in shots against hamburg that's 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 pretty impressive you know five to five in target we had more possession uh way more passes uh fouls are fairly even yellow cars all this out corners 11 to 5 you would have thought we were dominating that game but you know we watched the game um, it was a fairly even game, I think, for the most part. Um, yeah, we were taking shots. I like that we're taking shots now, but we need to convert. We're just our, our final third is still atrocious. And Hamburg had two, maybe two really dangerous plays in the whole game, and we kind of gave it to them. Their guys were wide open, and so as as much as Gerrard wants to say our defense is solid and this and that and whatever, it's not. It's a weakness for us. Um, 
we don't have money for a defender. I like I said before, I'm kind of getting over Kaminsky now. Uh, my honeymoon was is gone. It's two years now. Whatever it was with him, but I think I'm at the point now with him where it just seems like yeah, I know there's things that he does well passing and gets those shots off. You know, occasionally when he's in the box, he's a he's a he's a target man in there when you're going for the for the goal. But like defensively, he's just making too many mistakes for me. As bad as we are, we can't have someone making that many mistakes. And maybe I'm just uber focusing on him at the at the moment. Um, but I think Kalish has been quietly okay compared to Kaminsky. And I'm ready to see someone else in place next to Kalash, whether it's giving Baumgart another try, like I said, or bringing Merkin in, who we know is, is at least in our our good favor. Um, something's got to give, or maybe it's even Cissé. I don't know, but maybe Cissé is a stretch at this point. Uh, but I, I, I'm just done with Kaminsky personally. I mean, I, I know when we did our midseason review last week, I, th- I think you think you were neutral, and I was, I think I was a thumbs down or something like that. So, and it just, yeah, I'm, I'm done with him, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on them going forward for sure. But um, do agree with yeah, great game from from Oyan at least in possession. Um, when we talk about that that side of his game being kind of what makes him an interesting player for the most part, I thought this was close to as as good of an example of that as you're going to get from him in a game. Obviously, hits yeah. the post twice, unlucky not to score. Really, really well taken free kick. Had a number of good corners. Another free kick. Like most of his deliveries in this game were strong deliveries, and any any one of those somebody could have gotten a head on it, and it would have been, you know, headed with pace because he had good whip and you know good placement on a lot of those. So very strong from him. Glad to see that. If that's a consistent thing that he can deliver, it's going to be hard to like you said put a Merkin in there or something like that because that delivery, um, it's uh, in my opinion, it's worth a lot. And maybe I'm just you know a sucker for that sure. for some reason, but I, I think I thought he was really good today. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, some results this weekend went our way. Others did not. Uh, Holstein Kiel lost to Braunschweig. Uh, Karlsruhe beat Osnabrück. Nuremberg beat Hansa Rostock, which helped us. Elversburg tied Hanover. St. Pauli won against Kaiserslautern, who's below us, so that helped us as well. Hertha drew Dusseldorf. Magdeburg beat Wiesbaden. And uh, Great Fourth beat Paderborn. So where does that leave us in the standings? St. Pauli still in first place. Uh, Holstein, well, now I'm back in first place, I guess I should say. Holstein Kiel was... Uh, holding that position at the midway point. Uh, Hamburg are still in third place. Uh, we are still in 14th place. Uh, we haven't lost any position. V- like I said, Wiesbaden lost. Kaiserslautern lost. Braunschweig, they did win, but they're still three points behind us. So we haven't lost any position. But big game, uh, relegation six-pointer, if you will, against Kaiserslautern this weekend, this oh, this, this Friday. Uh, it's a mid- midday game, too. It's like 12.30 my time, 11.30 your time. It's an early game on a Friday uh, never a fan of those just because we're both working at that time, so it's hard for us to watch the game. Luckily, it's on ESPN Plus, uh, so we can watch the watch the replay on that. If you can't watch the game, at least in the state side, I can't say about anywhere else in the world. Uh, but thoughts against uh, Kaiserslautern, you know, Derotten, who started the season very well, um, are now dropping like flies of at least five losses in a row now for them, uh, if not more. Uh, but it's a big game. We it, it's got to be a must win. I mean. Yeah, draw wouldn't hurt us, but a uh, loss certainly will. And I think a win, you know, shoot us up to, you know, shoot a couple of positions. We can just keep chipping away and, you know, getting results. I think that'll help us. Yeah, we're, we're not, we don't play Hamburg every week, but with just teams like this, we have to, we have to beat. Well, the one comment first is just how annoying is it that we have the same negative six goal differences in Nuremberg and they're in seventh and we're in 14th? Yes. Uh, that's really frustrating. I understand that it's only seven points between us. Uh, the, the table's still pretty compact, you know, sort of in those areas, which is nice. And we scored more um, goals than them. Yeah. But for us to have more <laughs> goals scored and the exact same goal difference and then be seven places higher in the table than us is just, is yeah. just wild. Anyway, 
Um, moving on, yeah, the Kaiser Slotten. Um, yeah, certainly a, a good time to play them, you would think, based on yeah. their form, you know, prior to and now, uh, you know, the first game back on the back end of the Winterpause. Um, the other angle is obviously, of course, they're due for something, but I think, I think, yeah, we got to take care of business here as it pertains to, you know, making sure there's still that buffer. 14th is not much of a buffer. Um, that, that's fine, but like, you know, we, we don't want to be flirting with much more than that, obviously, right? So, um, I think, you know, to kind of maintain that, those are the games we have to get results in this, you know, down the stretches. The teams that are below us and around us, we just got to find a way to grind them out. So, um, no losses. If we have to get a draw, it's a draw, but we need to, we need to get results from those games. Yep. Here on out. Yeah, we're only seven points out from, you know, sixth position. So we're not, we're, you know, a couple of results away from uh, getting back up there, but uh, we got to start things off right this Friday against Carl, uh, Kaiserslautern. So we'll see two uh, historic clubs there going at it toe to toe midday game on Friday. So, um, yeah. I want to see some Lazma and some Trilinov on the pitch together. Oh, second half. Second half. That, That's yeah, starting. Some fresh legs. They'll stretch the field. It'll be nice. That's what I want to see. That would be nice to see Chirlonov. Nice little boost there. Or we could play a little Chirlonov clip here on the podcast. <laughs> Can I get him on the pod? That's true. That's true. He does speak English. He does speak English. Get Salazar on as well, right? Um, anyway, uh, uh, I think that's, let's put a bow on this one. Let's wrap this up, Jack. Uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. No, I'm good. Let's do All it. Right. right on. All right. Uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At JMMangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Mm, very good. You can follow, follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. More, more importantly, I should say, follow Shock America anywhere on social media. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or not, or Twitch, uh, make sure you follow, subscribe. Uh, definitely will be helping out. Like the videos. It definitely goes help, go a long way with the algorithm. Get us discovered by uh, uh, the European the European Shaka fans, right? Uh, the German Shaka fans. But no, for, in, in all seriousness, you know, this is, uh, this is fun. So... Definitely help us out any way you can by liking the videos and sharing it with amongst your friends and colleagues at work if you want. Uh, but, yeah, let's put a bow on this one. Next game's on Friday. We'll return uh, next week, uh, maybe the same place, same time next week. Uh, we'll also try to get a little um, FM24 video out this week as well, uh, probably looking at towards Friday or so. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's a wrap on this one, and we'll catch you next week. For Jack, I'm Richard. Let's catch you soon. Glue out.